Ho, ho, ho. Merry, happy. We're coming to you live from Anamorvan Time HQ, having lost the war for Christmas. I, I'm sad, but also drunk, so it's fine. Socialist leader Joseph Robinette Biden has declared Christmas no longer exists. Very own Visser Biden saying we can't say Christmas anymore. Ho, ho, ho. You hear that? Ho, ho, ho. Uh, They'll never stop me. They'll never stop me. Welcome to Animorphin Time, the Christmas spooktacular. Oh, no. And we're calling this one. Why is it spooktacular? <laughs> I just figured all of our special episodes would be spooktaculars. Oh, so it was like a generic term. For yeah, like a special episode. Yeah, they're all scary. And this 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 Christmas spooktacular because we didn't feel good about appropriating other religious holidays because that's not us. We're calling it the most wonderful grind of, of the, the year. year. And to join us, we got Chris Grind, everybody. Chris Grind, woo! Bye. <laughs> I, I, I just did all my energy for that fake bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's it sounds it. like Chris was already out. I, my finger was like hovering over the just cancel button. Just remember, you can leave anytime, and we'll we'll make it work very uncomfortably. Yeah, we'll go for the full hour, even if you're not here. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know why people like the guests or even coming on. Well, I yeah. get why they like the guests because the guests are. You know, better at Animorphs and smarter than us. Yeah. Like, why do they put up with, like, us as, like, you know, introducing guests and having them on? I don't know. The, the guests should just, you know, go ahead and do the yeah. whole episode. Yeah, Chris, you want to do this? We'll bounce. No, nah, it's good. You guys are the glue. You guys are the glue <laughs> that holds it all together. He's right. I'm big and white. and <laughs> sticky. And, and you know, the glue that holds the glue together, the second glue, <laughs> is Animorphs. It's Animorphs. So, all right, friends. So, Listeners, yes, we're doing the first three episodes of the Animorphs TV show. Is and it all in your head? It's all in my head right now, baby. It's all in our hands, basically. Is, uh, is it hands or head? I, I think it's hands. We should have prepared. <laughs> Probably. We watched it t- twice. We watched we both watch these episodes, twice. all three of these episodes twice. And we thought, you know what? The first three episodes of the TV show pretty much cover the first book of Animorphs. Mm-hmm. And who knows the first book of Animorphs better than Chris Grind? So, Chris... How you doing? How's life? What's new? Tell us everything. <laughs> uh, I'm in, I'm just about done coloring the second Animorphs graphic novel. I should be done by the end of the year. Hopefully, probably it'll more likely be mid January. But that's all I've been doing. I mean, literally, I wake up, I work, I see my family for a couple hours, and then I go to bed. That, so, that sounds like great. you're a controller, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Animorphs is your controller. I feel like it sometimes. <laughs> it's like I, I'm sure you've received a lot of love and like positive reviews. I know because I've read them and we've prepared some of them. <laughs> that's that's a joke. We didn't prepare anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is like I'm when we talked to you last, you were having fun doing this. Is it still fun? Oh yeah, it's really fun. I love it. I love the fan interaction and and all that. I mean, that's it. Never really gets old. So. Oh, oh, okay. So you're fine when I clip videos I find of you deep in YouTube and make a music video out of it. That's okay. I mean, it's a little awkward, but yeah, it's fun. Oh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for everybody involved with Animorphs. It's gonna be gross. Wait, do we have a grind cam? Yeah, I made a grind fan cam. Oh, I didn't. Uh, in the show notes, watch the grind cam. It's or no, don't. You, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Making it, I felt so fucking weird. Yeah, like, could you just send us some like more pictures of you just doing yeah. stuff? <laughs> like we need it for content. It was even creepier when I made the one for Catherine Applegate. It's like, oh. Uh, yeah, she probably doesn't have a WAP. I better not use that song. <laughs> fine. It's all fine. So this TV show, Chris, how much did you watch it? Like, have you had you seen it before working on Animorphs? Before working on Animorphs, no. Um, it would have come out while I was I was in college. So, and so you weren't watching Nick Kids in college. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't watching Nick Kids. I didn't even have a TV. Um, you know, because. That really wasn't a big deal back then. I mean, now everybody's got TVs everywhere and on your phone and all that stuff. But back then it was all old school, you know. And and you were probably, you know, in college, uh, meeting girls, doing fun things, going to parties. Things that we can't do in this modern hellscape. It, it was art school, so no. Oh, None so of- drugs? <laughs> you were doing drugs? <laughs> No, they were around, but no, not to not to that either. So ah, fair I, enough. I just uh, I just enjoyed being there, but yeah, I wasn't exactly the guy who was being invited to the parties and and all that. So yeah, yeah totally opposite for Nate and myself. Two of the coolest <laughs> chads walking on the, <laughs> the yeah. campus. That's why we have an Animorphs podcast because we're so fucking cool. Yeah, it, I I party hard all the time. It's just, true. You know, by myself, I just dance. Uh, it's real weird. I'm going to let you in on a little behind-the-show magic. Nate told me earlier that he thinks he's forgetting how to do hand signals since he's been so isolated with COVID. Yeah, because I, I love doing hand signals. Like, um, you know, you put your thumbs together and you make a bird. That's pretty nice. <laughs> make a little Tobias for yourself. <laughs> Let's jump into the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play my Christmas bells. I got 10 minutes of bells I'm going to play on this show. Oh, man, we should have bought bells. Look, we should have done a lot more, but here we are. Christmas time. Uh, it's all in our hands with the um, first episode, which is uh, My Name is Jake. Yeah, My Name is Jake. My name is Jake. Half an hour ago, I was just a regular kid. Not anymore. I didn't like the first episode of <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like the first episode. You're implying that you liked other episodes we liked the third one a lot <laughs> yeah like there's some there's some good nuggets in that third episode we'll get to it when we get to that third episode but this first one it has the the wonderful like sheen of just like late 90s early 2000 just like garbage yeah uh, and that that in that part like i do enjoy i enjoyed the garbage right yeah i mean i was a horse i was powerful and fast wow so we, we like cohesive garbage. I mean, this is an Animorphs podcast, right? I I love cohesive garbage. I would say that that's my that's my style, that's my fighting style is cohesive garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but like the problem with like the first like pilot that they shot, I'm I'm assuming that this is like their pilot that they when when they shot this thing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it doesn't have any cohesion. There is no glue. There's yeah. no glue. <laughs> It just kind of wanders and wanders and wanders and then just quietly ends, which, like, for, you know, an art film, that'd be great. We start this whole shebang in the faux techno arcade. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Galactic Warrior. You are now in the Overlord atmosphere with 230,000 points. Where they're gaming it up. <laughs> yeah, Marco, Jake, having a good time playing some PS1-ass game. 
Tobias is off by himself, not able to afford playing another game. A weirdly elaborate set. Chris, what did you think of the set of that arcade? It looked, it was like some kind of a weird cross between like an arcade and like a, like a laser tag place yeah. and like Terminator like, 2. I just, I don't get it. I was thinking like a rave discotheque. Like it looks like that's a place where you go and you have glow sticks on. Yeah. Also, they allow dogs. They allow pets. <laughs> yes, that, that was, I, Nate and I watched these together last night. I think I yelled what when Homer was there. I just yelled at the TV. A lot of the shops are just kind of like chill and laid back. Like they're not, anyone who owns that arcade is not there to make money. Right. <laughs> so like maybe they're just like, whatever kids, it's fine. I. Weird. The neon green, it was just weird. It was it was just weird. Like weird. The whole thing was weird. And I get that the book starts like that. Mm-hmm. But like just find an arcade. Find a normal arcade. Right. <laughs> just, they, they exist. I, I don't know. I hope they never go back to that arcade. It freaked me out. Uh, things I loved about the arcade. I loved <laughs> that in the middle of the arcade there was an orb. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Tobias... Was playing with not like a normal mouse and keyboard. He's a ball mouse. Yeah, yeah he was playing with like a ball things? mouse. Like he has, he has like arthritis. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you, if you do have like wrist problems, those ball mouse, uh, they're amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, not not good for the robot robot shooting up thing <laughs> right. he's doing. Playing they also garage. made Tobias just came off as super creepy. He yeah. he did right. He was so Real creepy, creepy and gross, like but, brooding creepy guy. Yeah. It, so here's here's what. Like, I get they were trying to adhere to the book. And, you know, a lot of Animorphs fans really love what's in the books. Yeah. Like, they're like, he's, yeah. he's a loner, which, like, is fine. And, yeah. But they could have moved the intro to this show. Like, it could have started with them all leaving the arcade together. This is nitpicky. I don't want to rewrite the show. But Tobias comes off as such a weirdo creep in these first three episodes. They were trying brooding, and it didn't work. Yeah, because. At all. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there's maybe one good actor in the show so far, and it's Chapman. I, I say there's three, but we'll we'll get to we'll it get, when we get yeah, to whatever, the scenes. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. The dog, for some reason, well, I bet I know the reason, the dog barks and pulls them outside. Right. The, the dog dog's in control. something that's happening literally miles away. <laughs> Yeah, he has Lassie-like powers where just like he knows where trouble is. Yeah, Homer pulls them to the construction site. Well, hold, and... on just a minute, hold on just a minute. Sure. Did he ever, when the dog's running, when Homer's running, does he, is he, he's at a full sprint the whole time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kids are literally right behind him the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. you tell me the kids can run, all, all of them can run as fast as a dog at full speed, <laughs> literally not lose the trail. To some abandoned, weird construction site. I'm sorry. I'm just going like, to Well, I don't want to alarm you, Chris, but those kids were all like 30. <laughs> so. well, none of them were dressed for running either. Right. Oh, my God. Speaking of dressed, Marco's pants going up to his pecs in every scene. It was the style of the time. The 90s were awful to us. The 90, yeah. No, that was, that was the era of just heinous, heinous fashion. I don't remember <laughs> pants going up that high, though. If anything, they were going too low. I would say they're going too wide. Like for me in that period, it was like Jinkos all the way. God, I'll give you that. Pants. I'm just sitting here thinking about my Jinkos. You miss them. It's fine. I like Jinkos need to come back. I I feel too constricted in these pants. I wish they were wider. Yes, I would love to hide my Jansport in one of my legs again. It's fine. Yeah, it's shot badly. Like they use the night filter on daytime footage, which is always distracting and just jarring. Like, but again, though, I love that stuff sometimes. Like, (laughs) 
you know, because like, yes, this is a uh, not like a high budget Nickelodeon kid show. No, like so, Alex Mack had just ended. They needed yeah. something sci-fi slash kid slash whatever. Uh, I think like it's a mix between like Alex Mack and Are You Afraid of the Dark, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that kind of like what if X-Files for kids. <laughs> and X-Files does that a lot too, where they do like Nighttime is Day. Right. And you can kind of get away with it because like you don't care. You're just here for the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> right right uh we're not we don't <laughs> it, it doesn't matter it's fine <laughs> by the way we're drinking christmas mold wine <laughs> priced at a dollar jug i found this at trader joe's it said mold wine and then it was all in what german german yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're drinking it's not bad it's our christmas wine there's cloves cinnamon <sighs> it's warm and i thought i would hate like warm wine but it's actually not bad yeah yeah, then, then. But uh, we move on to the set, the main set piece of this episode. Of the next couple of episodes is the yeah. construction site. The rest of the episode takes place in this one set. One set at night. At night. It doesn't even right. look like a construction site, though. It just looks like some abandoned... Refinery. It's somewhere... It's like a, it's like a refinery in Toronto. Yeah. But, like, again, that's fine. Right. I think it's okay that, you know, you find some cheap location that you can do all three of these episodes <laughs> in, by the way. <laughs> it's we we they're they're at their construction site and standing next to homer completely normally and not at all weird is tobias yeah like he stole homer (laughs) yeah it looked like he was holding getting ready to hold him for ransom or something yeah Yeah. it's just they're both standing there having the same expression on their face staring blankly ahead yeah like actors do when they're acting right so i think now like now is when we kind of need to talk about the acting and the actors they're bad. Wow. Whoa. Look at that. They've all been fed, right, Cass? What is it? It's a white Bengal tiger. Um, some are, some aren't. But I think like when we were talking about this earlier, we kind of agreed that the biggest problem is that there's just no amount of chemistry between any of them at all. Yeah. Chris, did you think any of these people had chemistry together? No. In fact, I was I didn't get around to it, but I wanted to check IMDb to see if anybody besides like Sean Ashmore ever did anything else after this show. Uh well I know Marco quit after this show to be a fitness trainer, like a personal trainer. And the other ones still do some stuff, but none of them have quite popped off like Sean Ashmore did. Yeah. And he, he got lucky. He got lucky because after this, I don't know if I would have put this on my resume. He, he, I think, like he worked with what he got, you know, yeah. and like I think he was fine. It, it, you know, because like it, he acted like a excited dumb teenager, and that's all he really needed. Yeah, out of him, there's not much for him to do. But like the Cassie was good, like good enough, passable for no, sure. I, and I, like so, the the three actors I, I'll defend are uh, Sean Ashmore, mm-hmm. Jake. Uh, I'll defend Cassie pretty hardly. I think actually she she kind of did the overly nice somewhat naive girl pretty well actually <laughs> um you know and, and also like she's really good at tripping over that wire and having her foot <laughs> caught on one wire and nobody could quite figure out what how to get that wire off her foot Cassie's stuck. <clears throat> that's bad direction that's not bad acting she tried no she sold it i'll say what, she what, sold it what are you gonna do with that nothing i'm not doing anything yeah and she tried i i bought i bought her character Yes. Did I buy Rachel? No. No. Not at all. Uh, Rachel was just kind of regurgitating lines. You mean before or after he went toe-to-toe with Visitor 3? Mm-hmm. Um, did I buy Marco? No. Absolutely not. You just don't want to see it. Uh, I don't know if it was just like the direction he was given or what he brought to it, but um, he 
wasn't funny. He didn't have energy to what he brought. Yeah. And instead, he was just trying to, like, mean it up a little bit. And I'm just like, no, dude, Marco is not, like, he's not trying to be, like, a mean, tough guy. Yeah. You know, Marco is the jokester. He is the the uh, the character who is looking to liven things up and avoid conflict. Yeah, that way. Marco is a cowardly comedian. Yeah, that's that's his thing. We are both Marcos. We've, we've <laughs> yeah, we, we sure. don't we don't necessarily want to be, but we are both Marcos. In right, that, like we're cowards and uh, we try to deflect things through comedy. And <laughs> and, and I, like this guy just was not doing it. Like here's the problem I had with this guy's performance. I we talked about this a little bit. I Chris, do you know the actor Lou Diamond Phillips? Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a fantastic actor. I remember this interview I watched with him years ago where he said early in his career he was giving two character choices. He was either the brooding ethnic or brooding ethnic with knife, and they <laughs> tried to give him aggression while still trying to make him funny. While still adding in Latin flares, which Latin flares, that's great. That is adding legitimate affectation to a character. That gives them something to work with. But I'm sorry, the actor's not strong enough to pull it all off. Man, that's barbed wire, Bubbleso. And yeah, they were trying way it. too hard. Yeah, way too hard. And yeah, it's, and it's a bummer because like he's it's, a it's, small little guy. Yeah, he looked. He had a bad haircut. Yeah, he looks like a Marco. He could do like a whole Napoleon complex thing. That could uh, that could work totally. Um, but the actor just didn't. <laughs> Yeah, but like, it's hard to be angry at them because they were like what nineteen of them. Yeah, they were all like <laughs> awkward, awkward yeah. weirdos. Um, and uh, Tobias, I think we all kind of creep, agree, absolute creep. creep. Later. Oh, hi. Just absolute creep. And one thing I wanted to mention about Rachel, they made her airheaded. Yeah, they they gave her the dumb blonde thing. Uh, like a, a lot of time, like a lot of the she didn't have much to say in these like first three episodes. Um, but when when she did have something to say, it was always just like girls be shopping or, um, you know, like her being prissy as the cat. I'm like, OK, sure. That's fine. I guess it just it, it didn't fit. Mm, don't bother me. I feel very, very cool. Yeah, yeah, Rachel is supposed to look like a model, but not act like one. Right. Right. Well, I feel like this whole basically the whole show, I, I, I can imagine like this conversation between the producers saying okay well we need this we need another show like a middle middle-aged show you know to, to fill this this gap for the show that's not on anymore oh there's this we heard that there's this book series that's really popular with kids who can turn into animals and mm-hmm. and uh, fight fight aliens We're like oh hey, great go write it well, well there's already books we can use nah, just read the synopsis and go <laughs> it's kind of how it feels I'm glad you brought that up because Nate and I had that conversation too, where he said, Oh, Alex Mack had just ended this massively popular scholastic book is there. Mm. Why don't we just shove this into like a Sabrina, the teenage witch versus Alex Mack kind of kids TV show based on some books. It sells itself. Like any, any like TV executives can be like, Oh yeah, rubber stamp that all the way to the top. That'll make money. No problem. I see it as a reverse actually. I see it as Scholastic pushing for this to be a series. No, oh. right? The the TV series pushes the books, which, from what I understand, it did. Like yeah. uh, you know, like when we talk with uh, listeners, they they tend to say like, "Oh, I discovered Animorphs through the show," which surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> like if I saw the show, I'd just be like, "Okay, I'm not gonna read these books." <laughs> but, um, you, you know, and like it, it, they were trying to build like the strong IP, right? Because mm-hmm. they had the games that were coming out, right. and then they had the um. Yeah, the, the book series probably was like around its peak. Yeah, it was right point. in the fun, the nice swing of it. Yeah, so it was just like, all right, let, let's go, let's you know, take a big swing and have this TV show. 
Um, but they ran into the Animorphs problem, which I'm sure you've run into while trying to draw this, Chris. Because they ran into the Animorphing Times problem. Like, <laughs> there's just so much. That's there's so much, and it gets incredibly dark. Yeah, and it's, I mean, kudos to you for pulling it off with your book, which we'll get into your book later. But some of this stuff is so soul crushing and dark and violent and depressing. And they're trying to make a Nickelodeon TV show and capture that. And so the tone is, it wildly jumps back and forth. The, the tone for me, yeah. The, the tone for me felt like um, church play, <laughs> right? Where it's like, okay, we want to scare you, but not like actually like scare you, but we want to like, you know, drive home a powerful message <laughs> of some sort. <laughs> but it, I don't know. It's... It's tough. I, I feel bad for everyone that kind of got this project because, I, yeah. like, how how do you do this? How do you how do you make the how do you write the first book in twenty minutes? It's like Chris. How do you how do you uh, adapt <laughs> the first book in twenty pages? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just it too. Is like, yeah, I just I just feel like they didn't put the time into it because they probably could have figured out a way to simplify it and break it down a little bit more. But I just feel like they at least with the with the first episode which i agree was probably like a pilot mm -hmm. they, they it just feels like they tried to throw everything that would that they thought was the kids would like to see like cool like ooh, there's a spaceship now there's yeah. aliens yeah. there's a there's a kid turning into a dog here's this crazy you know arcade um here's all this you know scary principle and all this stuff you know and then they were like well a lot of that didn't make a lot of sense or it was too fast <laughs> or I'm like well we'll worry about it later yeah, let, let, let's blow through this pilot episode real quick, and then we can talk yeah. about like how much it doesn't make sense there's, and how it doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> there's two great things from this pilot episode. I would yeah. call them legitimately good and great. Okay, and Let, that is the Visser Three head. <laughs> Visser <laughs> Three rules. Visser Three always rules. That actor is nailing that speech. <laughs> yep. Prince of Fangor, what an honor it is to be in the presence of a legend. <laughs> And then the Horkwitcher's head on a stick. <laughs> I love that Horkwitcher. <laughs> where it's just the head in the frame and it's shaking. And just, or Go Sean over and Ash shake Moore. that stick. Shake the stick. I'm going to turn the camera on. Just shake yeah. that stick. <laughs> it's, poor <laughs> Sean Ashmore just running like, ow. Uh. <laughs> this sad stage hand just like doing this duck walk. It's just like, I hate my job. Because <laughs> like, even when they show the full body of the Horkwitcher, it's just standing there, not moving, looking like it's from PlayStation 1. And they're so skinny. <laughs> like, why are they so skinny? <laughs> I don't, well, I mean, uh, I it's know... It's schlock. It's, it's bad. Yeah, I know why it's, like, it's so skinny. Is because, like, they read the script. They're like, okay, we, we can film this in. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, here, let's just zip through what happens. Yeah, here. uh... They get found. Uh, Elfinger, like in the book, shows up. He's like, touch my magic cube. Turn to animals. The power of change is in your flesh. Oh, hey, Tobias, here's a Walkman for you. Yeah, the, the, the thing that was just not mentioned in the books, but you know what I'm, I'm fine with? I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. The, the disc gagu, I saw that and my eyes rolled immediately because I knew what was going to happen. It's like, oh. That's their that's their gagu. They're gonna have to hunt the gagu. Every someone's gonna always get the gagu. They yeah. gotta get the gagu back. We yeah. don't know what it does, but we gotta get it back. Right, you know but what? even that made no sense. That was an addition that somebody added that yeah. literally there was no reason for it. <laughs> right. And it also gets introduced with the best lines like guard this with your heart and your soul, Tobias. 
Well, on, yeah, let, let's get dumb and highfalutin with it. Why do you introduce a MacGuffin? To drive the plot along. If you already have something that drives the plot along, say like... Like secret, an alien race, secret war? <laughs> then you don't need the MacGuffin. Right. You already, you already have the thing. <laughs> and I'm sure it's going to be... Chris, how much of the books do you know, like, spoiler-wise? Um, well, I, I pretty much know the whole thing, spoiler-wise. The All right. Do you know Tobias's lineage? Yeah. Okay. So they're obviously trying to telegraph in Elfinger being related to Tobias somehow. Mm-hmm. But all they had to go and do that with was, even this gift is for you, Tobias. And he goes, oh, how does he know my name? Like, that's all you needed. You can refer to that. You don't need this fucking Zune, well, whatever the hell it is. I, a, Zunes are great. Oh, shut the fuck no, up. No, don't, don't. Don't disparage oh the Zune. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chris, we're going to need you to weigh in. Are you, are you an iPod or a Zune guy? I am totally I Apple everything. Yes! Validation! The Zunes could hold more and had a better interface. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, you got the wheel. You could spin the wheel, and that was fun. How are those Zunes doing? How are they doing? Yeah, how are the Zunes doing? I mean, how, how are the iPods yeah, doing? Yeah, like, how are the iPods doing, too? <laughs> Uh, they're both actually doing fine. <laughs> they're they're in heaven now. I'm sorry I died. <laughs> let's let's bring them back. They're in the North Pole with Santa. Ho ho ho! That Christmas. You had morphs. the you had the chimes right there, and you didn't you didn't pull it. You had the Santa's thing. No, I'm not just gonna go with the chimes. I'm gonna yell ho ho ho. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't know it, but you were as doing. an obese man who loves Christmas. I really want you to sit on my lap so I can give you a present. This is it COVID? If it is, it's too late now. No, no. I'm safe from COVID. I got one shot. Just now. (laughs) I got it today. Probably more likely to get COVID walking through the hospital to get the vaccination. (sighs) Uh, You know who doesn't have COVID, though? Vice Principal Chapman. Hedrick Chapman. No, we want to shout out Chapman as being the best actor in this TV show. He he wins the best actor of these three episodes award. Congratulations, Mr. Chapman. That cafeteria scene where he is literally outraged about (laughs) the chaos, the chaos in the cafeteria. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Is anyone going to rein in this chaos or do I have to do everything myself? I'm sorry, Mr. Chapman. Incompetence. So Nate and I had this great thought. They're never really going to show, at least in any satisfactory way, Visser 3's Andalite body, right? He's never going to kill anyone with a tail, not on this cheap TV show. They're not going to build that prop. But sort of Chapman walks in there and he goes, utter incompetence. Who's going to fix this? It's like, there's the TV show's Visser 3. In the back of my head, I heard the (laughs) ooh-ah. I mean, like it... Like, yeah, he's evil and loving it. And in the books, that kind of makes sense. Chapman in the books is also kind of evil and loving it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that makes total sense. And also, like, he has this sniveling when, like, his boss confronts him about, like, having, you know, being incompetent. Right. Right? Like, he's a coward, but he's mean. He's he's the perfect villain for for this series. And Tom is his, like, number one henchman. Like, for a TV show, narratively, that makes more better sense. Because they're going to want to ground this with these kids going to school. It's not going to be, like, later Animorphs with all the space shit. They're not going to have the episode where Marco turns into a gorilla and murders like 20 dudes. That, <laughs> that, that scene's not happening. Uh, and like, so wait, find, let, they, let, let's get through. Yeah, let's get they the find out their thoughts. They, thoughts. Jake, when he's morphed as a dog, he sees Chapman itch his itchy leg with his silver cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> later when they come back to school and Jake's like, hey, guys, guess what? I did it. I lost my virginity. I morphed. It was fun. 
I turned into Homer. Yeah. It, it was wild, man. It you should have seen it me. It was real good. And then they see Chapman. And he's like, you're all idiots. And then he scratches his leg because I guess. Yeah. He's just picking random kids in this cafeteria slash gym. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it has like this cliffhanger ending, I guess. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Chapman's a yerk. Although. Right, he's, a, he's a controller. And yeah. like anyone at the school can be a controller. But, like, they don't communicate this well. <laughs> no, they really don't. Right, because, like, it, this entire scene, the second time watching it, I realized why I was so, like, distracted listening to them talk. There isn't a cut that lasts for more than a second. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, Chris, but we when we watched again today, the final scene of the cafeteria, probably every three to four seconds is a cut to a different character, even mid-dialogue. Yeah. It it blows my mind. It's insane how they cut this this whole thing. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but it, I hesitate to say I'm going to rewatch it to find that out. No, you don't Just, have to. <laughs> no, we we were laughing because it was ridiculous. We it made my brain hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like I I was bleeding. I had a nosebleed. I, like it, it was so distracting. I, I was trying to like pinpoint why I couldn't follow the plot. Oh, right. I know why you're distracted because Christmas is coming and you wonder what's under the tree. Yeah, what the presents are. I hear little footsteps. Christmas, most wonderful grind of the year. By the way, we're going to add sound effects to make this good. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Thomas saying some garbage. I'm going to make it good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, so, Chris, the, the first episode, how did you feel about the pace of the story? And, like, were you following it? Was it just me that wasn't, like, you know? It seemed entirely... really, really slow. <laughs> until you said like the last scene and then they're like oh crap crap guys we've only got two minutes left of this episode yeah we've yeah. got a hundred pages of dialogue we got to fit in i mean it was <laughs> awful it was as far as pilots go because pilots can be notoriously awful it was just bad yeah it was bad it, i'm gonna give them a pass pilots are always bad there's never uh, been not lost there's yeah i was about to say there's only <laughs> been one good pilot and the pilot in lost was better than the show uh, yeah tell that to everyone on flight 740 United. Yeah, you whatever. don't remember it, do you? Oceanic 815. Mr. Friendly. I'll tell it to Mr. Friendly. I mean, I know I'm making fun of it and I'm coming down on it, but I mean, I got I'm trying to remember that this was in the 90s when right. before TV really got good, in my opinion, you know, where they could actually. Yeah, correct. This is pre prestige TV, mm-hmm. right? This like, is- yeah, we were talking about that too, where it's yeah. just like. Uh, th- this is what you did with a show when you wanted to have it serialized, but you couldn't. You couldn't necessarily guarantee that it was going to show in order, right? <laughs> you know, everything gets explained every time. Look, the first two episodes were awful. I'm willing to go to bat for the third. I thought the third was legitimately a good episode where they were starting to figure it out. It was a good kids episode. But like, cl- clarify, uh, it was a good episode if you are like, say, a twelve year old. Yeah, hey, twelve year old listeners, skip to episode three. It's really good. Um, God, could you imagine a twelve-year-old listening to this? Yeah. Do you think that happens by accident? I feel like listeners, it, if you have your kids listen to our podcast, you're bad parents. And if you are, and you're getting coal for Christmas, most wonderful grind of the year. You got to stop doing this. What? You can't. I can't fix this. I can't fix you. <laughs> parents may not even know that the kids are listening to which podcasts they're listening to because you can just. You can access all of them. It's not like there's an age restriction. Mm. Uh, well, I do. I do put like the explicit warning on this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, but that's just going to make the kids want to listen to it more. It's only going to make the cool kids listen, right? Because only the cool kids are listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Let's rename this podcast to the Parents Podcast. <laughs> kids won't listen to it then. Won't get in trouble with that. So, episode two of this pilot, uh, I think, actually starts pretty strongly. Okay. 
Um, because it, it goes into like what are the strong points of the show and kind of the series. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's controller. You don't, you know, like, it is a body snatcher kind of yeah. thing where Jake is walking through the street and he sees uh, a, a kid cruising by on his skates and like, ah, he, he could be a controller. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, there's a lady, you know, mowing her lawn. She could be a controller. And that's cool. I like that. It, it builds the suspense. And if I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, man, anyone could have an alien in their brain. That's cool. Yeah. I think that now as an adult, you talk to some people, they don't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Just in general. Okay. I don't have an example. It's just I, I talk to people. <laughs> I don't know, man. I see a lot of people who've been in quarantine for so long come in as patients and their brains are just gone. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. I, be, I, I, don't, I don't go outside to work anymore. Chris, it's... you can attest to this as a, as a, as a home worker. <laughs> yeah. It's very bad. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, it's your fault. It is my fault. Why didn't you give me the vax? Why didn't we fix it in March when everybody was telling us we were heroes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> doesn't fine. doesn't matter. You want know, this isn't Jake's problem in his world. No, it's so we're moving on to episode two, which is my name is Jake, part two. Yeah. Uh, and this, <clears throat> what I mean, do they do here? They what had is they had to have did did they show these on the same day because they almost had to. Yeah, I was wondering if they were like back to back. It was like an hour special. Yeah, like I I used to watch a lot of TV as a kid, and yeah, when they had like the the ones that had to be shown sequentially, like they they made a point to show them back to back. Yeah, right. They tried uh, to, and no, like they wouldn't separate this. I'm sure. Yeah, probably not. But uh, the paranoia at the start is pretty good. Then we come to one thing that the show changes from the books that I actually really liked. And I know this opinion's going to get me canceled from like the hardcore Animorphs fans, but I don't care about you people because I've had sex before. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm saying that. Animorphs fans are some of the horniest people on the yeah, planet. Yeah, it's really... They all fuck. It's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but I liked that they made Cassie's house an animal preserve. Yeah. I liked that. That's. I think that's a quicker shorthand than going to say the gardens the gardens works for the books but for the tv show having a animal preserve where they can cut to llamas anytime they want great tv right now that actually is a decision that made sense in the show yeah yeah i could see why that would work in the tv show versus like you said the book or whatever but yeah it's so chris i know you took a few liberties with your books with the book i should say not not anything big but how did it feel making those and were they received like did people notice well like well do you have any examples that you're thinking well, of like i just mean like the first the invasion the book yeah it's the way you structure it feels less like a jake story and more like a story for all of the animorphs well, th- yeah, well, that was that was something that uh, my editor and I discussed. Like, it couldn't be like a f- first person perspective like the books were. Mm-hmm. It has to be all of them. So, I don't know. I tried to. It's still very Jake heavy if you if you really go back. It's still everything that happens in the book. I just tried to make it seem like it was more of a straightforward narrative as opposed to one person describing everything the whole time. See, and I right. and I did take some of his like thoughts that he had throughout the book, and I would. To make those like into word balloons that somebody would say later some dial actual dialogue i was trying to fit in but i think for the for the most part i don't think i kind of edited anything out really no 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 you, you you really didn't and i did look at good and mediocre reviews you 
haven't really received any bad reviews, which I fucking love to see. Should we write around? We can write a bad review if you want. No, we're not doing that. I fucking love I don't it. read them. I don't read the reviews because somebody, I, well, I don't know who said this, but um, it's been years, but I, I've definitely followed this rule. It's like, if you believe the good ones, you have to believe the bad ones. That, so that, just, that's a good message. Actually. <laughs> I, 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 should, I should remember that. Yeah, so I just don't read any of them and I'm just like, yay. Fair enough. Or, you know, whatever, but I'm, I'm not going to read the reviews. I, when I, when we uh, interviewed you originally, I looked at reviews of your other work and I got very excited for the graphic novel because I was getting a sense of your style and I was like, oh, this is going to fit Animorphs perfectly. And guess what it did? Yeah. I mean, like we'll any, that later. any interpretation of another thing, you have to add your style. Otherwise it's going to turn into what this show was. Yeah. Right. Like, because like what the show was, was yes, technically Animorphs. But yeah. like, <laughs> but like it, it lacked any like soul and energy to it because it was yeah it didn't have any style at all yeah it didn't have any style because I bet you the director was probably just like it's gonna be whatever's just written on this book I will say it had one thing of style that it did absolutely right every time it happened in the show and that's the morphing oh god can we talk about the, are we there are we talking about I, the morphing yeah, right now because okay. they're at the animal preserve they oh, all yeah. try out morphing we get the Marco with rat eyes which is I. I Chris, I want your first impressions before we take you with ours. Yeah. What did you think about the morphine? It was pretty good, for, especially for the time period. Yeah. It was a lot of a lot of uh, things at the time. Like I know there was like a Michael Jackson uh, music video. I think it was black and white, wasn't it? I think and so. All, yeah. They did that a lot, and also the movie Willow had a <laughs> that that woman was constantly being changed from one animal to another. So it was kind of that technology was kind of coming into its own. It was kind of early on in it though. But I thought I thought for a TV show on Nickelodeon that that mm-hmm. was done pretty dang well. And yeah. they, they played with it too. I was like when I was watching it the third time. <laughs> <laughs> um you know like cuz yeah, you can do like the straight like the black and white video. It does like straight morph from from person to person, right? But in this, they decided where they were going to grow the eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, they were going to grow the body first and then the face and the neck. Oh. And they, they try to make it as weird and as gross as possible. Yeah. I feel like... Oh, the Foley work, like the sounds were fucking wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, gross. Oh, man. Like, they did the crunches and the pops and made it as gross as you would expect. And, yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's flat. Like, they didn't move during this thing. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, like, you can only work with the technology you have. (laughs) Right. Right, I feel like, out of all the things that, out of all the uses of what's in the books, that was the most effective one. I think that they really understood the coolness that is morphine. Right. Um, And you can attest to this researching the morphs and reading the books. The morphs are always different, and the morphs are always weird in the books. Yep. They're unsettling every single time. And in the show, these morphs are unsettling. Yeah, they definitely got that right. That was something they did really well. When Rachel was turning to the cat, and Cassie's like, yeah, do it. You're doing it. That's it. Yes, Rachel, cat. And it's like crunch, crunch, (laughs) cat eye. Like, It's like, yeah, this is that. They figured out Animorphs. But then there's the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they're they're good, they're good things and they're bad they, things. They they do this excellent morphing scene where these kids have these special effects done to them, which works. Yeah. It's fun. 
It's dark. Marco, it's creepy. It's weird. Marco has an effective comedic moment. He does, which is surprised me. Where he like he turned out of the mouse in the mouse cage and he had a little you know wheel on his head. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, a kid would laugh at that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But that scene also gave us the Marco speech in these episodes. R- yeah. Right before he turns into this rat and does the comedy bit, he's like out of nowhere just. Yeah, my mom is dead. Yeah, my mom's dead. You and don't understand, Jake. Happens, my mom is my, dead. <laughs> my mom's dead. And that's reality. It's <laughs> It comes out of nowhere and is weird. It And the actor cannot pull it off. No. I, was, I don't want to rag on this guy. He seems like a nice guy. I'm sure he is a nice guy. And he quit acting after this, so he obviously can take notes. I'm not sure if anybody oh. could pull those lines off, though. Yeah. No, no, they were badly written lines. And it's Tyler. I want you to deliver that line Which right one? now. Here, give it to me. Um, tell me that, like, okay. I want you to morph Tyler, and um, your mom is dead. Okay. So, so just <clears throat> give it to me right now. I'm not going to morph. Why not? We need you to morph. I know you want me to. I know you need me to. But if something happens to me, then that will that will it'll kill my father. Listen, I know that you're hurting right now. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. My mother died. I am all my father has and all he has. Okay, now give it to me. Yeah, that went went melodramatic fast. Now give it to me as the way that Marco did it. I cannot morph. My dad, my mom died. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Like, it. I, it hurts, it, like because like one that doesn't need to be there. They're, we're gonna visit their dad soon, anyway. Yeah, we see his dad this episode. <laughs> Just do it then. <laughs> but like, the thing I didn't want this episode to turn into is me trying to rewrite the show. But this is the one thing that I have to point out. Like, no, you have the scene where this makes sense. You don't have to do it in the barn with your friends. <laughs> I I don't know. They they come up. They got to get their gagu back. That's their plan. Right, that's where they go. Oh yeah, they they need to go back to the the construction site because oh. they they paid for the oh whole day. Oh my god, we almost skipped over the worst, not the worst scene, but one of the weirdest scenes. What's that? The Tobias Hawk scene. Wait, it just turns into a hawk. No, 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 and no. Flies away mysteriously. No, when Cassie's mom walks up and goes, "Yeah, this hawk's mother got shot. This hawk has no one. This hawk is alone." And Tobias is just staring at the hawk like, like me. <laughs> is. Man, they're trying so hard. Is they're that at the beginning of the episode? No, that was when they were all in Cassie's barn. Like, she walks up with the hawk, and he's like, hawk. Well, I'm trying to figure it out, because there's a scene, and I'm scrubbing through right now, because this is something I wrote down. At, like, six minutes into the episode two, mm-hmm. and to my knowledge, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but Tobias has not morphed at this point yet. No. He... Okay? As far him as I can tell, him, he only morphs once. Right. Mm. Rachel and him are walking down the street like they're old buddies. And, of course, they've just met. Yep. And she says, I saw a hawk flying over and, and uh, today, and I was wondering, you know, something about, was that you? Right. And he says something like, yeah. And she's like, I thought so. You know, I saw a hawk flying over my house this morning. It makes you think it was me. And I was like, um, he, what is happening? I'm so glad this scene stuck out in your mind. It's also our favorite scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, mine, at least. I don't The know. scene where he, like, jokingly plays it off, like, yeah, I was watching you. And then he just deadpan goes, you ever wish you were a bird and could fly away? <laughs> Do you ever wish you could just 
fly away. Sometimes. <laughs> he has like definitely like serial killer vibes. Yeah, he does. Dude. He's all he's always dressed in black. He never shows emotion. <laughs> it's it fucking rocks. I'm the more wine I drink, the more I like this TV show. He comes off exactly the opposite of what I think they were trying to do. He is not this quiet loner kid who is, you know, this gentle kid who's getting picked on at school and stuff. That's that's not him. He's this creeper dude that nobody wants to be around because he's creepy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no wonder his aunt and uncle are passing him back and forth. Little fucker's probably killing cats. Yeah. 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 (laughs) He's out there torturing animals in the backyard. It's... uh... They they did our boy wrong. Yeah, I could I could see some producers saying like, you know what, like brooding brooding teens are in. We need to get at least one of those. <laughs> right, right. It's like, oh, Buffy's doing so well with an angel. Let's have him be a brooding asshole too. Yeah, I was thinking like, you know, John Waters, not John Waters. Who am I thinking of? John Hughes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Two different directors, <laughs> completely. <laughs> no, they're but yeah, pretty close. They're pretty close. Same thing. Yeah, yeah but yeah, you like, can it, definitely it, get them confused. Yeah. <laughs> They're both named John. Come on. <laughs> but like, yeah, it, he feels like somebody out of a John Hughes movie, right? He's just like, oh, he's so dark and mysterious. <laughs> but like, it, but he doesn't work at this one. Instead, it's more like, oh, no, he shouldn't be hanging out with these teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Like in, in the scene with the barn, he just disappears. He bounces out without saying a word. Yeah. And, and everyone's like peeking around the tree at them. Yeah. And everyone's like, why is he doing that? <laughs> and I'm saying the same thing, too. Like, no, just hang out, dude. This is important. <laughs> And like just, he has no friends by choice. Yeah, people keep trying to be his friend and give him superpowers. Like, no, <laughs> I want to be a fucking weirdo. Uh, Tobias, they did him dirty. They did him dirty. Uh, Don't so, like it. But back back to the construction site because again, we paid for yeah, the day. They got to go get the gagu. <laughs> uh, the plan seems weird because like they show up. I did not figure this out until you pointed it yeah, out to me. Like 10 minutes before we started this, I pointed out what the plan was. And it goes, oh, that's why. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. And, you know, this is another thing that carryovers from the books. Bad Animorphs plans. Right. Well, I, the, the their go-to plan is always, let's have a distraction. Yep. So they do that. The plan is to make a distraction. Uh-huh. How do they, what distraction do they go with? Boombox and painted horse. <laughs> Boombox and painted horse. And flares. Because yeah, Marco flares. is trying to convince the crew, the goons at the construction site, <laughs> that uh, an alien ship has landed and that they need to go and chase him. <laughs> and like, hey, yeah, that works. And then to distract them from I mean, the chase. We do get some good Chapman stuff where he shows up. And he's like, you idiots. Am I the only one who sees this hork footprint? It's like, okay, this guy knows how to chew scenery. This is going to be good. Yeah, I love it. Excuse me. But am I the only one here who can see this hork footprint? Will somebody fill it in before it makes the front page? I love Chapman so much. So they paint the horse. Chapman runs out. Well, okay, don't skip over painting the horse. Because, <laughs> like, for me, that blew my mind. <laughs> because, like, okay, after Marco is getting chased, we see um, horse feet kind of clomping around, and they're like, oh, that's an andalite. We got to yeah. get them. They're blue, by the way. I didn't see the blue because this is a <laughs> night shoot. Everything is tinted blue because that's how they do the night shoot. So I just thought it was horse. <laughs> but in the scene before that, they show up with a paint bucket. I'm like, what are they doing with this paint bucket? <laughs> <laughs> Why is there paint involved in this process? I, I thought, you know, honestly, what I thought that when I saw the paint bucket, I thought what? they were going to do the trick where like you put the paint bucket onto a car and poke a hole in the bottom and you follow the trail. <laughs> no? You were thinking of that? Yeah, I... 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyways. That, you know, that honestly reminds me of my favorite Christmas prank. It's where you freeze a snowball. Oh, yeah. And you, you put bring it... it out in fucking June and you throw it at your roommate named Tyler, which is something Nate did once. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Chris. You have to be here while we uh, settle some personal scores. <laughs> Holidays it's about fine. settling scores. It's fine. Chris, what was your uh, holiday prank? Do you have a holiday prank? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting engrossed in this damn show again. I've been like scrubbing through as you guys are talking about stuff. It's fascinating, it's- isn't it? You want to take it apart and fix it. Well, you especially. You have had yeah, to. Yeah, you get to fix it. You you had to like do this thing, sort of, right? You had to do an adaptation of work, and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't go down this direction. And let me right, just well, say, I, when I adapted, I just kind of approached it like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. And, and unless the page count got too high and Scholastic was like, whoa, buddy, you got to have to cut like 25 pages or 30, then that would have been a problem, right? Then I would have had to go in and start cutting some stuff. But there was, I mean, as far as I was concerned, it was a pretty solid book. There was no reason to do that. But I mean, yeah, they were smart. They would have tried to do the first book in like maybe five or six episodes instead of three. Yeah. Like build a world, build characters. What I would, my, my vote was always don't, don't do the first book start in media res when they're going to the sharing. And that's where we learn stuff. Right, because then you just you know you can smoothly just glide into the world of animorphs. But oh, man. but that's just me. That's just me trying to like pretend I'm a, a better scre- screenwriter than than these guys. <laughs> yeah, know. we know better than a bunch of rich Nickelodeon executives. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're all so well off. <laughs> <laughs> Let me drink my two my dollar jug of wine. Hmm, <laughs> Christmas wine. It's not bad. It is pretty good. Trader Joe's never misses. So they do their plan. They they get the Chapman Walkman. traps Jake and Rachel in a tube. Cat in and a tube. dog <laughs> morphs. Tobias goes for Chapman's eyes and misses. Which they're not going to take an eye. It's fine. You know they'll never do violence in the show, which is fine. It's a kid show. I don't expect violence. You don't want them to do violence. I mean a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. And then they they get their gagu, which it turns out is like an Olive Garden beeper. Yeah. It lets them know that their their uh, table is ready. Yeah. <laughs> Claim this on the Andalite homeworld, which is what Elfinger calls it. He's like, I am from the Andalite homeworld. It's like, oh, you don't have a name for it? And and then it kind of ends and as they walk it, in. It ends. It ends. Which is fine. That That's an ending. That's It's something. And that's the pilot. Yeah, it's the first two. Um, Tyler, get, give me a star rating on this pilot. I'm going to give it... How many? How many? Okay, five. Uh, five out of five, I'm gonna yeah. give it one and a half uh, blue cubes. Okay, uh, Chris, how would how would you rate this ep- uh, pilot episodes? Probably a I don't know somewhere around there. Probably a two. Of course, I'm sitting here scrubbing through it again, going ugh. But again, <laughs> like if I was if I was 11 or 12 when the show came out, and maybe I hadn't read the books yet, or I was maybe vaguely aware of the books but hadn't read them. Um, I might have thought it was pretty cool. I don't know. I'm way more judgmental these days on writing and plotting and stuff. TV got good. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I look at a lot of modern stuff that pops up on like Netflix. Nate and I browsed Netflix earlier today and it's like, oh, this is all shot with the same camera, the same sheen. It's going to be the same easily digestible thing. Yeah. 
there's not going to be anything weird or interesting or good about this. And it, I saw the first episode of this as a kid, and it was weird and interesting and good. But, you know, I was an Animorphs fan, so I'm kind of tainted. I, I was not an Animorphs fan as a kid. I give this two stars. Um, I think it fits with the quality of television that was coming out of Nickelodeon at that time. Like, <laughs> this, this is around a no level. Way. This is around a level of like a "Hey, dude" or "Salute your shorts." Where it's just I like, probably would have stuck with it. I probably yeah. would have stuck with it. You know, because because there wasn't a lot of sci-fi shows really for for kids of that age. Really, mm-hmm. then live action. You know, I mean, they're just. But when you like compare it to other shows around the same age for the same audience you pair you, you compare this show these two episodes to two episodes like the two beginning episodes of the batman animated series this show gets blown away oh, yeah well absolutely. here's what i would pick then if you compare this to the first the pilot episode of the goosebumps tv show <laughs> right because like yeah no that, that totally fits right bum, because bum 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 Bum, 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 bum. No, it's not. that's the theme song. I'm not doing Christmas song. You told me to stop mentioning Christmas in our Christmas episode. So I, yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't say Christmas. Say I Christmas. would say the difference between the uh, the Batman show, the Batman anime show, and this one was that uh, Bruce Tim was very passionate about Batman and was mm-hmm. trying to bring the best version he could to it. Where this one really smacks of executives just saying, "Well, we need the next thing. Let's just do it. Just give it to that guy who's never directed anything ever before." <laughs> yeah. Nobody is champing. Nobody's yeah. fighting for it's the like, for the. Oh, my fiance at Scholastic owns the rights to this. Why don't we all just cash in on this? Nobody's right, threatening because, to leave I mean, set. I think I think the attitude changed now, but I mean back then, I mean the, the kids were stupid and they'll watch anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not fair, but I think that was how a lot of a lot of uh, kids programming was made back then. It was just whatever. Yeah, like and I would watch it because yeah, no TV show really kind of you know punched up for me i guess no lack of a better word like no 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 show didn't talk down to me at the time right right whereas now like yeah there's tons of great kids shows yeah there's there's actual quality there for children yeah things that like plots and um you know morals and messages and stuff like Mm -hmm. you know there's there's actual like character arcs in kids kid television now which is nice (laughs) yeah um, but let's get to to like I think the winner of the the this the, the quadruple best episode by far is uh three the underground. Yep, um, it's just underground. It's not the underground. Oh, sorry. Yeah, drop the the. That was doing my best impression of a typical Animorphs fan right there. Okay, uh, actually. <laughs> but by the way, if you're an Animorphs fan, we hate you. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing this out of spite. We hate it now after watching this TV show, and we're gonna make the rest of the podcast insufferable. <laughs> um. <laughs> So we start with um, Marco. Yeah, walking down the street. It's like, oh, everybody has a controller. I, I don't know why I'm mocking it. It's the, the one thing that's worked so far. What? Oh, the the paranoia? Yeah, the paranoia. Yeah. I like, think so. You made an interesting point about how it should be like a, a kid's version of the show V. Yeah. Chris, it, do you remember V? Oh, yeah. If this was a kid's version of that, mm-hmm. this show would still be on. <laughs> yeah, and... Like, yeah, again, not to like, di- I feel like we're diagnosing a patient, right? <laughs> uh, only I can do that. And even then I can't do that because yeah, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. <laughs> uh, like to diagnose this show, I think like part of its problem is that the, the time limit, mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't fit. Like yeah, you 22 can't... minutes for a full Animorph story. Yeah, you can't do 22 minutes for a full Animorph story, but you can do stories within the universe that tie into what's going on. Yeah. 
right? And this is the closest one that works. Right. Yeah. And this is yeah, because it gets closer to the idea of like, oh, we need to kind of like be in the Animorphs universe, but not like necessarily following right. the, the the whole like main arc of it. Yeah, like we get introduced to Tom, who is like the most obvious controller in the world. His ear itches all the time. Yeah. He's acting weird. And he's like thirty five and he's hanging out in <laughs> yep. elementary school. So of course I'm not gonna play basketball for high school anymore, Jake. I'm thirty. Yeah, and I hang out in the middle school all day with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Did you have a guy at your middle school to hang out? Because I know I did. Yeah. I don't remember, mate. Probably. What? I think they all have one, don't they? Yeah. Yep. I wonder I wonder what you're up to, TC. I wonder if you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but so that, that actually brings in, in a good point. Like, they cast way too old for these characters. Yes. Right. Yeah, that was all right. Here's here's the main criticism I have of this show. They casted 18, 19 year olds. They casted for, for twelve year olds. For twelve year olds. And like the things that they're saying and doing do not make sense for eighteen or nineteen year olds. Right. <laughs> or even like late high schoolers, right? Yeah. Because like when when we when I've been going through this process of doing this podcast with you and reading mm-hmm. the books, I was always like, how old are these kids? Um. And yeah, this book these books do not work if they're in high school. No. They do not. And the show does not work with them in high school. Right. And because now it's just weird, right? When <laughs> when Tom's just like, oh, yeah, I know there's some, you know, hot babes at the sharing. You should go to the sharing if you want to, like, you know, join something really cool. Yeah. It it, it seems it has a different message and a different tone <laughs> is what I'll say. Right. <laughs> it, it just it feels off for characters to be acting and doing the things that they're doing at this age. Right. right? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I will agree with that wholeheartedly. That's that was the most unsettling bit because like oh these are all twenty year olds acting like twelve year olds. It's gross. Don't like it. What I did like is Chapman saying that lizards are disgusting creatures. Disgusting creatures. Right. So we we cut to school. They're walking through school. Jake lost a lizard, which <laughs> yeah feels consistent with Jake. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he's he's not concerned about finding it. He's like, oh, yeah, I lost that. <laughs> yeah, I lost this like live lizard. Oh well. And then then they they morph lizards, which is a fun scene because you get lizard cam, right? Because they want to follow Chapman. Yeah, they and follow Chapman. Let's talk about lizard cam. We have lizard cam and and cat cam mm-hmm. in these episodes. I love both of them, and it's the way that you really convey what it's like to be an animal. Right. It's more powerful almost than morphine <laughs> because like it's, you know, like these characters, these actors aren't strong enough to carry that kind of mm-hmm. idea on their own. So instead, like having like lizard point of view scurrying about green vision, mm-hmm. like this kind of like the, the, the Foley work is pretty decent. And I did make one note and I'm sorry to actually say something positive about myself. And I'm especially sorry that I'm about to say something positive about Nate right now. Mm. But Nate and I are better voice actors than these actors in Animal Morph. Man. I, it was so, it was cringy. There's like, oh, this lizard's really scared. Run. Run, 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 run. hide. No, scared. Run, hide. Get a grip. Get a grip. Get a grip. Man, this skink is one nervous animal. Oh, run, whoops. Hide. Oh. oh, here we go. Let's go. Let's, Let's follow him. <laughs> it all landed with a, like a wet fart. I didn't like any of it. No, I mean, you know it probably was? I put you in a booth. No direction. Read these lines. Wow, this show, no direction? 
but you know it kind of felt like like when your kid when your friends all discovered mystery science theater and you're like hey we should do our own and yeah you put on some show and you turn the volume down and you got that one kid who thinks he's hilarious i was that kid i apologize that's that's what it really felt like like there was just no like even what they were saying just was it didn't make a lot of sense it didn't make sense and they did the one thing you're not supposed to do as an actor and that's you they lacked energy yeah they just didn't care (laughs) what makes actors good is them taking it seriously and bringing energy to it well especially like for these characters they're character actors yeah like they all have strongly defined character tropes that they need to follow Mm -hmm. uh like so yeah as a character actor you're expected to chew the scenery a little bit yeah you know, for Marco, it's just got to be like, whoa, watch it. I'm cr-. like, you know, he needs to throw in jokes. Yeah. Like wh- Marco doesn't like throw out many jokes in all these episodes, which is weird. And the jokes that are thrown out do not land. Well, they're, they're not giving attention. Like we don't we don't hang around a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. The show's not confident. The actors suck. Why are we doing this? Well, like, <laughs> yeah, this is all Chris's fault. Chris, why'd you do this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> I mean, you're Animorphs royalty, so you can kind of do whatever you want. That's fine. We'll do whatever. We don't care. We really don't. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like Marco's attempts at humor really just came off as kind of like being a dick. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that kind of fits with Marco. They but do like, that a little bit in the books, but in this, like, he's a mean-spirited character in these shows. Like, he's aggressive and mean-spirited instead of jovial and having levity. Smart, Alec. Right, he's like an, he, a 1950s I mean, term. <laughs> he's he, a smart Alec. He's a, <laughs> he should be more of a smart Alec who gets up to tomfoolery and monkey shines. Yeah. But instead, he's just like an asshole. Yeah, right. Uh, a flat, blank-faced asshole. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. But what I do like and what I love and what I would watch an entire show of is just Chapman. <laughs> because like the lizards follow Chapman and Tom to a closet. That leads down to the underground. Uh-huh, the yerk pool. Yerk pool. And <laughs> Chapman sees a couple of lizards on the shelf, and he's just like, disgusting creatures. <laughs> and he picks them up, and he gives a monologue about how much he hates lizards. <laughs> what do we have here? Nasty little creature. It's like, more of that. Just give us more of that. Yeah, because he's, he's a character actor, and he had a character. <laughs> he's the only one that had a character. He is. He's the only one that's like, you know what? My character is evil and loving it. Here I go. <laughs> but you guys weren't bothered at all. Like middle of a school day, the principal nah. and high, another high schooler kind of sneak into the broom closet and shut the door. <laughs> Chris, I don't want to alarm you about what happens in small Oregon towns, but no, that's normal for us. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good or that's healthy or the saying. right thing, but I'm saying we know what it is. It's huffing the paint, right? No. But they they're gonna but like this high school it seems like everyone in this high school is kind of yerked up anyways right yeah like nobody cares like you know, it, it's the high school that Nirvana went to it's just like everyone is just burnt out and sad what? it's it's lit sad it's like you know kids are just marching along they're not like you know punching each other and having a good time they're not giggling right it's like it's the saddest school in Vancouver <laughs> right yeah. Because yeah, like yeah, there was, there was no like school things happening. I, I was honestly I was zoning out to try and think of sadder schools, and I didn't want to mention Sandy Hook. <laughs> yeah, you did. You had to tone that one out. 
No. The saddest. Well, it was you know it was elementary school. It's different. No. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> so they 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 hear about this sharing meeting and they're. They learn that the Yurks have to go eat every three days, so that we get that knowledge. Uh, they don't call it eat. Yeah, they call food. it regenerate. We need yeah. to regenerate every three hours. Must. Regeneration must begin tonight, at sundown. I need the Kondrona nutrients. Or three days. We must regenerate with Regeneron. Remember that the whole Trump thing yeah. when he had COVID. Yeah, it was pretty good. God, I wish he died. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad he's rich. <laughs> and never ever will face consequence for anything he's ever done. But like. Why make it more complicated? Having them regenerate is more complicated than it's like, oh, we need to eat every three days. I don't know. So they're going to go to the Yerk Pool, which of the Yerk Pool stuff, I mean, it worked. I love the effect on the Yerk Pool, right? The goopy water. Yeah, like the dry ice or whatever they put in yeah. there. That was great. And they do their little adventure. Everything works out fine. I'm kind of sick of talking about the show. Well, <laughs> hold on. Well, there, we there are some things we, here that are effective. Can we there, back up just a little bit? Like yeah, yes, please. please. When Jake's acquiring the tiger in oh the uh, cage, and they're like, here, I'm going to open the cage. You just go on in and touch him. It'll be okay. Yeah. We did kind of cruise by them throwing Sean Anishmore into a tiger cage. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks so terrified. Wouldn't you? Like, I don't know. At this point in my life, I'm kind of craving death, so I don't think I'd be too scared. Okay. I'll point out two things. One, the tiger had meat right next to him. So, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Two, the tiger was drooling. That tiger was drugged up. <laughs> that tiger was high as a kite. <laughs> That's fair. But um, that tiger is pressed up against one side of the cage that he could have easily reached through. Yep. And touched the tiger. And yeah, this wildlife preserve also kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> there's no toys in this cage. Nope. No, like, hey, it's, it's just, just a like big a big cage. This is a big cage with a sad tiger. <laughs> it feels more like Tiger King than it does us. Yeah. yeah. It probably was. It probably was some Tiger King motherfucker. Like, how many white tigers are there hanging around? I honestly thought it was the Siegfried and Roy tiger, right? Because mm-hmm. you need a trained tiger that's used to having people around. What better tiger than Siegfried and Roy's tiger? I don't know famous tigers, so you got me beat. Yeah, there we go. Well, I know one. Not a nice fella. <laughs> Good at golf, though. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I went for that one. Okay, Sorry. cool. Yeah. Um, Chris, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, would you, for, say, like an actor's salary, uh, go into a tiger cage and, and like touch a tiger? It would have to be drugged up like this one was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sam, we wouldn't have to pay me an actor's salary. You tell me the tiger's drugged, I'll go in. Honestly, yeah. like, you know, I, I tell myself, like, yeah, no, I'm a brave enough person that could actually just go are in just there. so fast. Yeah, and, like, when you're actually around a dangerous animal, you're like, oh, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> this is different than TV. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on thinking, like, when we went to Thailand and, like, we're around those elephants, I'm like, this elephant could just crush me at any time. Oh, yeah. And nobody could stop it. <laughs> oh, God. We were so much happier then. <laughs> I'm just leaning into the depression. It's fine. It's a Christmas depression. Seasonal affective disorder. Hey-o. Slay that sad. Slay that sad. By, by Slay sl- that, that sad. Slay that sad. Slay that sad. By slay, I mean like Santa slays. Right. Yeah. I know. Oh. Yeah. And so they get out. Everything's fine. We'll never talk about this TV show again. Until, until we do the next set of episodes. I don't. Let's not do it. <laughs> let's just tell them no. Okay. We'll tell these people no. Yeah, we stop in here. Only three. It can't get better than this. Uh, but yeah, okay. This this is the this is the 
Christmas holiday episode, mm-hmm. and we know that a lot of the listeners of the podcast really love our Animal Facts song. Right. Not just the song, the actual Animal Facts. Sorry, this Christmas wine's catching up to Daddy. Full-bodied wine, sensibly priced at a dollar a jug. And now, for a little magic, I will make this jug disappear. So, we decided yeah. we're going to do Christmas Animal Facts. Christmas Animal Facts! Christmas Animal Facts! Sorry we didn't warn you about this, Chris. We usually make the guests do it, but I think we're just going to start doing it from now on. That's right. This really is like the most horrifying part of the show, so I'm just... <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I have some terrifying facts. Prince Jake and Cassie, Tobias and Alex, Rachel and Marco, the bandits are here. They want to listen to animal facts. Fuck all the yurks, Marco's mom is a bitch. What do you think is the most Christmas animal? Are you asking me? Yeah, yes, yes. I know the answer. The most Christmas animal? Yep. Oh my god. A reindeer? Yeah! Yes! Woo! Nailed it. <laughs> yes, welcome to Reindeer Facts. Reindeer Facts with Nate. Uh so I'm gonna start out strong here. Um so what's the difference between a reindeer and a caribou? I don't know. Chris, do you know? Uh one has a coffee named after it. Is there a caribou coffee? There's a brand of coffee named caribou. Yeah, oh, sorry. I was thinking I haven't had reindeer I've coffee. I've derailed. Is that like <laughs> is that like civic coffee where <laughs> the, the civastic like eat the coffee and you you brew the poop? Uh, no. Uh, so the the the, the real answer, the correct one, <laughs> <laughs> is that there is no difference. They are in fact the same species. <laughs> Reindeer and caribou are exactly the same. What? Yeah. What? Yep, they're the same species. I'm just gonna take the fact you're saying is truth. I mean, like, listen. The, what? The FDA would not lie to me. I got all me. these facts from the FDA. <laughs> FDA? Yeah. <laughs> FDA has a lot of reindeer facts for some reason. I don't know why. Is it like different parts of the world refer to it as a different... I, I think that I think that is. Like, you know, like there's bobcat and cougar, right? Like, I don't know if those are different species. They're different. I, I didn't look that up. But like... <laughs> that was a terrible example. Bad, okay. Bad example. Um, okay. Like, yeah, I think it is just different words for the same animal, yes. Okay. Right, well, that's... I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Here, I'm going to make this into like an impromptu quiz. Tyler? Okay. Here we go. Um, which uh, which uh, gender has the horns, the males or the females? Females. Wrong. They both have horns. But do they have them all you year round? You can't give me an either or and have it be both. <laughs> Tyler's a big dummy. He no knows nothing about it. I thought the male's antlers fall off, though, don't they? Like They do, actually. Yeah. The, the male's antlers. Right before Christmas, right? So all of Santa's reindeer are women? I think yeah, that makes sense, right? Because like yeah. they all have they all have reindeer, and and also like the Santa's reindeer reindeer horns are um, pretty small. I feel comfortable being the dumbest one on this podcast. I'm I'm a bit intimidated. Chris knows more <laughs> about more about reindeer than I do, and like I have to make no, sure my facts are on point. Somebody actually just posted that on Twitter the other day, and it blew my brain and just destroyed <laughs> me for about an hour. Oh God. Well, I mean, uh, speaking of the horns, antlers is the correct term for it. That's <laughs> Sorry, I too am also mold on wine. <laughs> um, you guys really should have sent me some of that too, so I could be enjoying it. Come it's on, quite oh, we have a gift for you. Don't worry. Oh, geez, oh, it's good. Like there is going to be good parts of this. It's not all going to be mean. Uh, some of it's going to be mean. 
Nate, hit me with some facts. I have a fact about like the length of uh, their their uh, antlers. Go on. They're quite long. I <laughs> forgot to write down the inches. Normally, I have an iPad, so I can do like the panic lookup. It's gone. <laughs> so here's what I'm gonna do. Here's a little treat for everyone. I'm gonna edit in the actual length here, and then let's pretend like that didn't happen. Here we go. Did you know, Tyler and and Chris, that the antlers uh, of the reindeer are 51 inches long? Wow, that's so much bigger than I thought. <laughs> that's a, that's an amazing fact. <laughs> awesome. Let's move on to our next fact. <laughs> okay, so it, so here, here's a here's something that actually is kind of fascinating and cool about reindeer. Uh, or caribou, depending <laughs> on, on what what you fancy. We'll hear that fans are getting two animals for one. <laughs> it's our pr- Christmas gift to you. Yeah, it, it, a double for nothing. Here we go. Um, so reindeer, and uh, I'm just going with reindeer. Reindeer uh, tend to go into blizzards in very win- various wintry areas. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, but like with those areas are blizzards, and they get separated from the pack pretty easily because you know you just wander around in a blizzard, you could be heading in the wrong direction. So how do you think they meet up with their herd during um, those blizzards? Uh, red nose, right? Red One red of them's got a glowing red nose. That was exactly what I was gonna say. You you guys are both so close. It's the wrong sense. It's the asshole. They got a big red asshole. <laughs> yeah, they can say it glows. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, their knees make a popping sound when they walk. Same. Yeah, yeah, so like they're they're guy. just like 30, 35 plus a year old <laughs> middle aged guys. guys. <laughs> I lost my mate, but I think I hear him standing up. <laughs> yeah, he just woke up. He's just I hear the popping miles away. <laughs> I think I might be a reindeer. Yeah, yeah, they hear the popping and they just they meet up. <laughs> my horn's not long enough. No, it fell off. <laughs> the sign of hair loss no, no. yeah i'm still stuck on the caribou reindeer thing i'm i can't get past it oh i'm gonna bully him so hard when this is over don't worry no like if it, if i'm wrong blame the fda i did not bring up i did not i i did not highlight that on my website fair enough i trust the food and drug administration with my life you have to um okay so let's talk about like the name reindeer what okay. do you think the um well, I hear this one's less of a question. I, I can't really phrase it as a question. The uh, first part, um, rain. As in rain it in. Like, get over here, dear. Uh, wrong. They're not like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat at all. Uh, <laughs> rain comes from the the Norse word hrein for deer. Okay. So a reindeer is just deer, deer. Deer, deer, or caribou. <laughs> or caribou, depending <laughs> on, on what you fancy. So we can just call them deer, deer, if you want to do a direct translation okay. from, from Norse. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because Norse translations always work out well for white guys yelling them. Yeah, on podcasts. <laughs> um, all right, this one's straight for Chris, uh, reindeer expert. Here we go. Uh, what is the leading predator of caribou calves? Polar bears? I don't know, bears? Close. What if they were flying? Uh, flying bears. Yeah, flying bears. The flying bear, also known as the golden eagle. Oh, golden eagles actually golden eagles. prey on caribou calves, which... They're the leading predator of caribou calves because they just fly around and snatch them up, I guess. <laughs> Which is insane. Golden eagles are huge. Tyler, you recently saw a golden eagle? Yeah, it was huge. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear a golden eagle fact I learned? Yeah, let's let's hear a side fact. Here we go. So, Chris, for my birthday, I made Nate come to a raptor sanctuary <laughs> with me because I like birds of prey. And there's a golden eagle there. And the trainer said that he works with this golden eagle and he says that when he trains this golden eagle, he has to wear a 
thick leather glove up to his shoulder because the golden eagle likes to crawl up to his shoulder and try to mate with his head. Because the golden eagle has imprinted this guy's head as its mate. <laughs> How does that happen? That's we <laughs> so guy, like, wearing like a like a I don't know. When you're a lone and solitary bird, like sometimes. <laughs> Here's what I learned just recently as an adult. Does that guy's face look like a cloaca? <laughs> I mean, we turn it sideways. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I learned at this raptor sanctuary, when I told them I wanted to come tour it with my podcast host, I mentioned the podcast. When we Nate and I get to this place, he's like, yeah, I started listening to your podcast uh, before before you guys came just to prepare and I can really tell you all the gross stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what he did. That's what we're known for is the gross stuff. The gross stuff. So he told us that part of being a falconer and working with falcons and eagles and hawks, part of that is them imprinting you as either like their parent or their lover. And so when a bird of prey does that, like imprints you as a lover, you have to let them finish copulating. Otherwise, they don't understand why you're not letting them. So part of being a bird trainer and bird caretaker is occasionally getting fucked by birds. What is what does that look like? Um, I can think I'm of gonna, a video. I'm going to leave that up to your googling. <laughs> I will have to now, unfortunately. Well, actually, I have he, a I have a ready to go example. Do you know that video of the party parrot? What? <laughs> It's it's like it's a cockapo and it's it like kinda, and it's like well kind of like and it's 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 a total meme where it's just like a parrot that looks happy and it's like dancing around. Nope. Okay, the top half is just a happy parrot dancing around. The bottom half is actually uh, it's having sex with Stephen Fry's head. <laughs> oh, sorry, Stephen Fry's cameraman's head. A typical male, Sirocco is clearly only interested in one thing. God, he's got sharp claws. He's getting a bit frisky. Ow. Ow. You are being shagged by a rare parrot. <laughs> oh, shit. So. Please there you send go. me the link of that and I'll retweet it. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll send that. Well, here's the thing. The bird trainer we met called it a cloacal kiss. So I imagine that's what it looks like. Let's go back to reindeer facts. Okay. Here's the grossest reindeer fact. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, no. The, honestly, there's not much gross about reindeer facts. At least not as far as the FDA is concerned. <laughs> So I think this is kind of my final fact of the night. Um, so they have special noses. Uh, oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, reindeer have special noses. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Where I heard that one before? Well, let me tell you about the special nose. Okay. Um, so they're not like uh, regular like deer noses where they're kind of wet and like a dog nose almost. Mm-hmm. Um, they're furry. <laughs> they're big, they're furry, and the reason why they're Same. big and furry is because they need to heat up the air before it goes into their lungs. So okay. their nose is actually designed to like heat up air before it kind of goes into the body. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That now that I now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, not gross at all, huh? No. Reindeer facts. Reindeer facts. <laughs> <laughs> FDA sponsored reindeer facts. <laughs> Brought to you by Socialist Elect Joseph Biden, FDA. Uh, look, uh, look. Here's the deal. Your F your uh, FDA website said that. They're called caribou when they're wild, but they're reindeer when they've been domesticated. Oh, got your ass. Fact checked in real time, bitch. No, but that means that I'm right. <laughs> the same species. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that means I'm correct. <laughs> um, so, 
So yeah, that's the end of facts. That's the end of um, episode facts. Well, I, do we have other things to say about uh, the whole? No, the three... TV show. Fuck that TV show. It sucks. <laughs> I, I, there are parts I liked, and there's potential. I think it's a I mean, product yeah. of its time. It does suck yeah, by yeah. today's standards and stuff, but it. I mean, I could see it being pretty popular back then. I enjoyed the third episode. That was fun. But stupid and fun. If I was a mega fan of the book series and I was excited that there was going to be a TV show coming out and this was what it was, I would be sad. <laughs> but that's about where I'll leave that's, that. That's yeah, it's 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 fine for it, yeah, it's a product of its time. It's what it is. I, I well, I mean, I've had that happen to me where I've been a mega fan of something and it comes out and uh, as like a movie or TV show. I'm like, like that was garbage. Oh, what was it? Uh, recently, how about Dark Tower? That was that was oh, real bad. Yeah, that was very bad. <laughs> that was a stinker. Uh, yeah so that's episode facts so the second half of this christmas special we wanted to get into a little more we wanted to check in with you chris Mm -hmm. how has the animorphs fandom and the release of this book treated you oh it's been great it's been one of the best experiences in my comics career and that's been like over 15 years so this is i mean we've had the whole pandemic all year long and it's really sucked but i'm i'm telling you it's it's still felt very fun for me because of because of the the community and the support that i've gotten and just everybody just seems genuinely excited and happy to have it and i mean which just kind of encourages me to push harder on the next book and really kind of push myself and you know make sure i get all the stuff all the stuff in there that everybody wants to see you know and so it's it's been great now you said you don't read reviews which is healthy i i read reviews of this podcast It's fine. What you do is healthy. But I'm going to be genuine for a second. Is that okay? Yes. I you've listened to this podcast. You know how disgusting and weirdo freaks we are. But and you can personally attest to how (laughs) awful this year has been for everyone. And I want you to know from a true Animorphs fan who grew up loving these books imagining these books having these books stick with him for now 35 fucking years i mean they haven't been around that long that's how old i am you weren't reading them when you were zero years old if i would i'd be a famous baby (laughs) wow the sperm that can read (laughs) it's fine (laughs) but your book brought new life and new energy to something that has i'll speak personally your your book, The Invasion, invigorated a vestigial hope in me that I thought was gone. They're reading those books, sitting around with my friend Ian, talking about Animorphs, reading about Animorphs, saved me from a life of pain at home where I was abused and hurt. And I had Animorphs to go to. And now I know that there's going to be a Tyler out there who picks up your version of that Animorphs and gets to feel that saved again. And that makes me feel really good, Chris. So I just wanted to say thank you. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Thank you. You don't, you don't have to say anything. I just, Nate can attest. He's not, Looking do, do in my I, eyes, I'm tearing up. Do I have to say anything? You don't have to say anything. Because I, 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 I don't, I don't want to. You get the anything. nice tweets. You probably get bad tweets. You hear the people say they love it. But I don't know if anyone has told you 
what your work means. And your work is creating hope for all of us broken Animorphs fans who are out there and who aren't even Animorphs fans yet. You gave them that, and you're giving them that. So thank you. You're getting me all emotional now. Come on. <laughs> well, I think I know just the thing to kind of <laughs> we'll cap this off. <laughs> well, hold on. Okay. <laughs> I'm not done. Okay. What we'd like to do, if you slide into my DM, DMs, if you send me your info, we would love to send you an Animorphin Time t-shirt just as a thank you. I would love that. I would love that anyway. That's I love your guys' show. So. Yeah, just send me your shirt size and your address, and we'll send you a treat. Wow. All right. I will absolutely do that. Now, to end this episode, because we don't want to go too long. It's just a special Christmas holiday episode. Nate and I wrote the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, and it's it's very mean. Like I'm sitting here teared up and emotional, thanking you for being a wonderful guy and what your work means to me. And now we're going to bully you with badly sung music. We now present to you, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a jake. You're as slimy as a yerk. You really are a jerk, Mr. Grinch. I can't believe you drew this book. A complete and utter mistake. You just have to trust me that what I'm talking about is real. You're a controller, Mr. Grinch. Your brain's been fried with drugs. Ugly as a taxon, we wish you'd put your pants on, Mr. Grinch. You'd shove your great-grandma in a yerk pool, you piece of shit. You piece of you human garbage. asshole. You, you fucking dickhead. God damn it, I wish you would just... Die. I hope you do die. I, I hope, hope you're you get, dead. I hope you get stabbed you to death. Fuck, you stupid fuck. I hope fuck. you get COVID and die. <laughs> Why did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> that was possibly the dumbest thing we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> Chris, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Like it, this the thing is, this has been months in the planning. Like I think I said as a joke, oh, yeah. yeah, we should write a song, <laughs> and that was the best we could come up that with. <laughs> My favorite part was towards the end. I was like, "Well, I hope people don't think that they really don't like me." And then you just laid in with the piece of shit, and I hope you die. <laughs> it was just the best. Ah, uh, no, no. <laughs> So thank you for coming <laughs> on the podcast. Thank you for coming on Morphin Time. Yeah. Can that's... you can you send me a link to that that song too? Oh. Yeah. If you just want the song, we can. Yeah, we'll send you. We'll the song. send it to you. You can do it because I want I want to make my my wife listen to that. <laughs> do you hate your wife? Yeah. No, I. Uh. <laughs> Again, thank you for coming on our Animorphin Time Christmas Spooktacular. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, any anytime, anytime you want to get disgusted by us, you just let us know. <laughs> so tell the people where they can find you if they're not already found you. 
Uh, mostly on Twitter and Instagram these days. Twitter is, what is that? Chris Grind, no spaces, and Instagram is Grindtastic. Hell yeah. Follow, follow Chris Grind. He's a good poster. Buy his books, Chicken Hair. I have not read, but I've read Time Shifters. So I like Time Shifters. It's good. Good shit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to be it from us. And we, we hope you get all the presents you want. Those presents are all in your hands. Everybody